a good podcast is authentic to you and who you are. Before in the previous world that we lived in, you needed to create a business at the top and then you would say, all right, we're going to sell this product or we're going to sell that product or we're going to go do this. But now it's different. Happy Friday, everybody. I hope you guys have enjoyed your week. And I know that this episode will kick your weekend off the right way. So before we get into my guest, I do want to let you know, please subscribe to the newsletter, daltonkjensen.com. And if you're in sales or you're a small business owner, you're a freelancer, anything like that, you need to get my new ebook, Sales Genius. It's available for pre-order releasing December 1st. So go check that out. At the description below, I I released it through Gumroad. So go check that out. The best way to support the podcast is by supporting my sponsors. So the sponsors for today's episode are Mission Belt and Thostep Salsa. So make sure you check those guys out. Their links are in below. Uh, You can save some money and have some good food. So I hope you guys will enjoy your week. And with all that being said, let me introduce my next guest, Danny Miranda. Uh, We ran into each other on Twitter. Danny is the host of the Danny Miranda podcast. He's interviewed people like... Uh, Gary Vaynerchuk and Tom Bilyeu, uh, Tej Dosa, and so it's a he's a great interviewer, a great podcast. You guys got to check this out, and it was really fun to talk to him and learn about his goals, learn about why he does what he does. So make sure you listen to his podcast, and if you enjoyed this episode, share it with a friend. Without further ado, Danny Miranda. Welcome everybody. This is Don Jensen, and you're tuning into The Thinking Project. All right. Thanks for joining me, Danny. It's a pleasure to have you on, dude. I've been following your podcast, and uh, I really I really like what you got going on, dude. I appreciate that. I, I appreciate all your your comments <laughs> and, and the tweets you have over the past couple of weeks. I'm, I'm loving... <laughs> the love I'm getting from you. So I appreciate it. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I got back on Twitter because I wanted to get better at writing. So I I kind of, I stepped away from a few other platforms and and wanted to get into my, into my writing side, but, uh, but yeah. And then I, and that's how I found you. And, um, and then I, I actually really found you when Gary V was doing his, uh, his book, his book deal, there was like 12 hours or whatever. You know what I'm saying? When he was like, every 12 books gets a, you know, gets, he'd airdrop us an NFT or whatever. And I'm actually really curious to figure out what that, what that would be. But that's how I first heard of you. Cause I, I bought a few books. I bought like 12. Um, and then it was, it was circulating that you had bought some and then Gary V gave you a shout out on one of his, uh, his episodes. And uh, how many books did you end up getting, dude? I ended up getting 200 66, <laughs> something like that. 286. I bought 24, 24 airdrops. So okay. whatever that, 24 <laughs> times 12. How yeah, many did I buy? Yeah. I 288. Know. 288. All right. There you go, dude. So what, you got a team? Are you going to do a giveaway or what are you going to do with all, with all of them? Yeah, I'm going to give away a bunch of them. And yeah, you, ha- you got to. For just people who follow me, people, I think it'll be a good Christmas gift as well for people. Oh, so yeah, man. I'm yeah, very excited. Go, yeah, and you can never go wrong with anything Gary V, in my opinion. Exactly. So, exactly. But hey, man, I, I kind of I I listened to I've listened to a lot. I've binged your podcast, dude. I've listened to a lot of episodes. Um, Thank you. 
And uh, I kind of want to get your story though. Um, Cause I listened to the, you know, I think it was episode 48 when Tej interviewed you, you kind of trade traded places with him. And at the beginning of the podcast, he talks about, he, he reads the email from like September, 2019. Right. Uh, and I feel like in any creator's journey, this type of thing happens where you get to this point and you're, maybe you're comparing yourself to other people a lot. Maybe you're, maybe you just are like, what am I doing? Um, so why don't you take us just through like your mental process of, of, you know, how you, how you get there, how you get out of that and what go, what's going on, man? Yeah. So September, 2019, it was, uh, it was an odd time for me because if you're just starting the month, I was working this job that I didn't really like doing. And I'm sitting there like, oh my God, I realized at this moment that I didn't like doing it. And this has been building up for like three months that I'm doing this job and I don't like doing it. And I just say to myself, you know what? Like, I can't do this anymore. Like, I, I just got to put an end to it because I'm wasting away here. I'm, I'm rotting inside and I'm not fulfilling what my heart is calling for me. And I don't know what my heart is calling for me, but I got to take a shot at figuring it out. And I know that I just can't do this anymore. So I quit. I sent Tej that email and then he replied a week later, but I quit the next day after sending that email because it was like <laughs> just getting it off my chest, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And then how I got out of it was doing 75 hard, which I'm sure we can get into, yeah. which is a program that changed my life because for 75 days straight, I was reading 10 pages, doing two workouts, following a diet, um, taking a progress picture and drinking a gallon of water. And while doing this program, I'm just transforming and changing and becoming disciplined and became becoming able to, to become everything that I wanted to be. And I start saying, oh, I'm going to become a personal trainer and going down that rabbit hole for a little bit. And it, it was just an exciting time for me because, you know, write that email that you're talking about, episode 46 yeah. in yeah, September okay. 2019. That email is like literally, I didn't know what was coming for my life. And that's such a crazy thing. It's like, <laughs> I know now today what that email was leading to, but at that moment, I had no clue. Yeah. And it happens like that, dude. You just, when you, when you get something off your chest, and you just, and you start to realize like, I got to be true to myself. Cause I've been in a similar position where you got to just bite the bullet and be like, dude, I can't be here anymore. I, I, I had a similar position like at a, at a high stakes sales job and, and we were with a big corporation and, and yeah, man, it's just, it's crazy when it goes down like that, but, it, but it's freeing, even though you don't know what's going on or what's going to happen. Right. Um, it's nice that you can kind of be true to yourself and, and start getting on the right track. So t take us through 75 hard, man. I've heard of that. Uh, I haven't done it. I, I like, uh, I, I exercise it and do all my stuff, but tell, tell us about your experience with 75 hard. Go ahead. Yeah. So it was just a, a, a time of growth, a time of incredible friendship building with my friend Tej. It was a time of, of just learning who I was, understanding that some of the habits that I'd been building were helping me in that moment. Like I'd been working out for two years prior and then mm -hmm. I really took it to another level with the program and 
you know, I was raising my self-image. I was going from a person who was not really capable of doing what they said they were going to do to being someone who did what they said they were going to do and, and prosper from it. And in that time, I'm listening to Andy Frisella's podcast, uh, MF CEO at the time. Now it's real AF, but like in what the thing is, when you do things that are, that help you, you do more things that help you. That's the crazy thing about the benefits of like when you're, you're rolling, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, it's yeah. crazy. So I'm just really grateful for that program. It changed my life. I'm on it now. Day oh, nice. 50 actually of the third time I've been through it. So, Oh yeah. wow, dude. Right on. Yeah. That's incredible. So I, I I'm, I'm curious though. Um, so you're going through 75 hard for the third time, but in a couple of your podcasts, you mentioned like some of the previous things that you've done. So you start a blog when you're 15. Did I get that right? Yes, sir. All right. Right on, dude. I, you know, what's so funny. It's a little side note. So you had posted Please. on Twitter, uh, like today you're like, you know, what, what does a podcast host need to do? And I said, research. Yeah. And I was like, Oh dude, <laughs> I'm going to fall flat on my face in this interview, dude. If I, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm like, Oh, I, I can't say that dude. You got to knock on wood or something. Because you because you're great. Like I listened to the Tom Bilyeu episode, and I think as like a podcaster, like podcaster to podcaster, it's like an incredible feeling. Like when you hit Tom with that with that five year old story, and he was like, "Whoa, yeah, I didn't even think." You know what I mean? Like that's a great feeling. Yes, and I, the reason why I do that is because one, it makes me feel good to connect with someone else in that moment, but two, <clears throat> I loved it when I was just listening to podcasts for the first time. And I'm, I don't know who it is. I'm, I'm just listening to it. And I'm like, wow, that interviewer really came prepared. And I feel like I'm not wasting my time now as a listener because I know the, the host really cares. Yeah, and so yeah. it always stuck with me. I didn't know that it would stick with me. And one of my favorite podcasters in the world, Joe Rogan, does not do that. <laughs> so, so it's not like it's, it's a need to have. But when it happens, I'm always like, wow, I'm, me and the host are now tighter because of it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and you know, I, everybody, I think, I think if you're a podcaster, you kind of end up in that trap of like comparing yourself to like Joe Rogan, but that dude's been doing it forever. And I don't know, he didn't even need to do research. I mean, he's yeah. told stories where he's like, years. I didn't even, you know, he's like, I don't even know who this guy was. He just showed up and he was on my schedule. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, Oh, this episode of the thinking project is brought to you by mission belt. Now, Mission Belt isn't just another belt company. They are the belt company. And yes, that's the belt from Shark Tank. Where other belts adjust every inch, which means they're either too tight or they're falling off, Mission Belt adjusts every quarter inch, giving you the perfect fit every time. On top of that, they don't want you to only look good, but they want you to feel good. That's why a dollar from every Mission Belt goes to fight global poverty. They've helped over 80 countries and lend it over $6 million. Get yours today at missionbelt.com. You can use code TTP10, that's T as in Tom, T as in Tom, P as in Perry, 10, to get 10% off your order site-wide, missionbelt.com. Use code TTP10, and it will be the best decision you've ever made, and tell them that the Thinking Project sent you. Jeez, dude. But yeah, I, I thought that, so I thought that was great. Anyway, all right, so so let me let me bring it back, because... You, you know, you start your blog, you do a couple things. And I feel like, again, as like a creator and a thinker, like this happens to us all where we like go down, boom, 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 boom. Right. Uh, we have so many ideas 
and you and you start your blog, you start a website, um, or excuse me, you wanted to start a website like Carpe DM, right? Yes. Plan, plan of your initials, <laughs> yes. right? Uh, yes. and, you, and you're into drop shipping and you're all these things and you just, you know, you dabbled with, you know, you, you went down the rabbit hole of being a personal trainer. Um, like, so t- tell us like what your mind goes through when you have all these ideas and, and how do you pick one to stay with and, and what do you do there? Yeah. See, this has been the biggest, oh man, I'm so happy you brought this up. <laughs> you, you're impressing me with Carpe Diem because <laughs> I genuinely forgot about that. Carpe Diem was the name of the website. <laughs> that I wish I created when I graduated college because I had it in my head, but I got distracted by the money of life. And I was like, oh, "Oh, let me go down the money rabbit hole instead of the thinking rabbit hole. Yeah. But um, the thing is with, with me, it's like, I got so many ideas and I'm so constantly pulled in different directions. But what I've been able to do well over the past year is stick in one direction, stick with one focus of the podcast and say, this is the, re- this is the hole that I want to devote myself to. And it, it's helpful because I can choose any guest I want. I can go down right now. I'm interested in NFTs and talking about that a lot, but I didn't <laughs> yeah. even know what NFTs were when I started the podcast. So it's like, it's this beautiful thing where my interests have changed slightly, but at the same time, I can go with those changing interests because I love talking to people. And realizing that was my core of connecting with another human being through communication. That is my North Star. And it's like, that can go in so many different directions. That could be a TikTok video. That could be an yeah. Instagram post. That could be whatever. I'm not just a writer. I'm not just a podcaster. I'm a communicator. And so mm. when I understood that and really crystallized it through just following where my own joy was, my joy was having these phone conversations with people, random people from Twitter and connecting with them in that moment. Why? Because I enjoy communicating. I enjoy connection. And so understanding that was so critical for my own development as a podcaster, but more importantly, as someone who was able to do what they said they were going to do. Yeah. So it sounds like you kind of focused on your, your North Star. You kind of figured out like the ultimate vision that you wanted to have. And then anything that kind of fit under that, because I, I remember listening to that and you were like, I wanted to do this, but yeah, but you got into drop shipping, started chasing the money, but then you, you, you created a drop shipping course that was kind of, that kind of like changed that whole course thing. Right. Yeah. So yeah, I created this drop shipping course where I wanted to give an inside look at what the drop shipping store <laughs> that I was creating was at the yeah. time in drop shipping, it was kind of like only certain people, it was weird to show your store. It was weird to like, you would protect your ads. And I was like, nah, nah, I'm going to just show everything. And that was really cool because it was not something that people were doing at the time. Did it benefit you? Did it work out for you? Yeah. I mean, it benefited me in the sense that people knew me as like a transparent person, but at the same time, I didn't, I don't know if I fully did that project to the best of my abilities, looking back on it in the sense of I gave, I gave an inside look for 10 days when the store became profitable, but I didn't take it from profitability to the next level, which I could have done looking back on it. I was kind of like, wow, I made good money on this. Like, and I said, I was going to take it to profitability, but I kind of looking back, I dropped the ball in the sense that I wish I took it further and I could have, but you live and you learn. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, and that's okay. You know what I mean? One of the things I love about the creative journey is, is yeah, is just that, right. It's like, you you take some L's and, and then you get big wins and then you just keep going. Right. Like 
Like you yeah. can't be tied down by the wins or the losses. You just got to be that, like that vision. You know what I'm saying? Like definitely. It's like about, what you're, what you're it's about keep going. Like keep going was the, is the biggest thing <laughs> that I've understood over the past year and yeah. internalized. Just keep going. Yeah, absolutely. So when you're interviewing these, when you're interviewing some of these guests that you have on, um, Tom Bilyeu, Gary Vaynerchuk, you're interviewing like uh, Jim O'Shaughnessy. Um, do you ever get like, do you ever get like imposter syndrome? Do you ever feel like you, you're not supposed to be there? No. The All reason right, why me, is because I've, wor- <laughs> I've worked on myself to the point where I know in my head that I'm going to be having conversations with these people. And it's only a matter of time until I actually do. I'm putting in the work. I'm doing as much as I possibly can. I'm learning about interviewing. I'm, I'm making this my craft and my mission so that when I inevitably do go onto the big stage, it's not intimidating. It's just somewhere I've already been in my mind. And yeah. I know I'm putting in the work on myself so that I can have a conversation with these people. And you do it enough times and you say to yourself, oh, I really do belong here. But I, I genuinely did not... I'm talking to Gary Vaynerchuk. I didn't have a sense of like, I don't belong here. I had a sense of like, wow, this happened way faster than I expected. Let's go. Let's, let's give this our best effort. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think a huge part of it also is that I've won before even having the conversation. The joy for me is not from people watching it or how many people watch it. Or if I say something I'm not supposed to say, the joy for me comes from connecting with the human being in that moment. And I've already won by having that conversation. So it's not like I'm trying to be anything or be anyone. I'm already there. I stepped onto the field. So I already won. And from that place, it gives me the joy and freedom to express myself as I truly am without really caring about the outcome of it. Detached from the outcome. Of course, I want it to be amazing. Of course, I want people to see it and know it. But I also don't don't care because I'm (laughs) winning by just talking to you right now. Yeah. Yeah. And I like that a lot. I think, again, just as, as, as we get into this, you know, how, how to help people grow. I mean, it just, that happens, but you answered imposter syndrome probably perfectly because it's not about whether or not you should be there. It's about who you are, what, you know, when you show up, it's about that presence that you, that you bring with you. Um, because yeah, it doesn't really matter what happens. Um, you know, you're there, you know what I mean? And you get to experience it and and it can only like, I believe that that things can only work out like for your good. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, like win or lose, we got to learn something and keep going. Um, you know, one of my favorite authors, Ryan holiday, uh, wrote, wrote a ton of books, but, but he, he wrote a trilogy on, you know, and, and he's very stoic. Um, but he wrote that, he wrote that trilogy. And, and in that he talks about, you know, be, you know, the obstacle becomes a way and it only works out for your good and you just got to keep going. You know what I mean? And what really kills you is, is your ego. And I feel like imposter syndrome kind of comes down to like ego. Like, you know what I mean? Absolutely. And understanding that I've had episodes that I thought I've done poorly in the past <laughs> and people being like, yo, that was an amazing episode. And I'm saying to myself, if my worst, if what my perceived worst is, is still good in some people's eyes. Okay. Like I really can't fail (laughs) because that was really bad in my eyes. And some people still were saying that was good. So what's the deal here? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I've had those too. I had one episode where I was like, man, nobody's going to listen to this. 
it was the shortest one. It was like getting, t- it was like pulling teeth to get this guy. Cause I originally started the podcast to like help small businesses in my local area, like share their story and get out there. Um, and it was nice because like, I, I get this episode and it was like pulling teeth to get this guy to talk. And I was like, nobody's going to listen to this episode. And it was like one of the highest, one wow. of the highest ones I've ever had. And I'm like, all right, well, that's just, but that just proves like, it's not about you. Yes. You know what I'm it's, saying? You are serving as the facilitator yeah. for something greater. And, and what your perce- perception of that, of the art that you both created in that moment, that your perception doesn't matter because that's only one POV from the entire slate of people who will actually judge it. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, I've had times when I'm like, man, this episode crushed it. And it was like, you know, again, it's just not about you. Right. Yeah. It's not about you. It's, it's about, it's about what, yeah, what you create and, and, and the people that you deliver it to. And, and uh, yeah, man, it's crazy. So Tell us about like what, what got you into podcasting? What, what made you, I mean, I know you're, you're a communicator, but where did the idea come from? Like, how did it get started? Yeah. So like all great ideas, it didn't come from myself. It, it came from <laughs> friends telling me three friends separately telling me, Hey, you should start a podcast. First time. Nah. <laughs> Second time. Everyone's got a podcast. Third time. Okay. Like, there's something here maybe because you're the third person randomly to <laughs> say that. Second thing is that they were just all these phone conversations I was having with people from Twitter saying, yeah, that like, this was an amazing conversation. I was enjoying it so much. I was like, we should record this. And that (laughs) turned into the podcast slowly but surely. So what about you, man? I mean, you have such a, a peaceful presence that I'm, I'm just in shock. Like the way you speak and your demeanor puts someone at ease. So how did you get involved in podcasting? Um, I, I got on podcasting, uh, actually kind of like the opposite. I was like, dude, I, I've always wanted to start a podcast. Um, I actually didn't know how many were out there cause I'd never met somebody who had one. Um, and you know, and, and for me, it was like only the big guys had a, had a podcast. So I'm like, ah, oh, this is crazy, dude. So, so I started it anyway. The pan, it was like March, 2020, the pandemic hit and I wanted to give a outlet Cause you know, nobody will listen to a three minute radio commercial, but they'll listen to a 60 minute podcast or, or a 90 minute That's podcast. That's a great point. A great you know point. what I'm saying? So I was like, well, let's get, let's get these people on and have them share their story in a long form interview. And, and we'll do that. Um, but as far as like, but I got a lot of the skills from like, I, I've just been in sales my whole life. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so the, I actually talk to people about this all the time, like how I had to learn sales. Like, cause I'm, I'm not a small guy. Like I'm bald. I got a beard. I have a big tattoo. You know what I mean? Like you, you wouldn't come up to me and be like, you know what I mean? I, I wouldn't be your first person to be like, that guy would be my friend. You know what I mean? So I, so I had to learn like, uh, so I had to learn how to like present myself and like your, my tone had to be right. And cause like when I was a first to sales guy, man, I was stoked. I was like, I got a, I got a sick product. You need it. I'm ready. And And like in the human brain, you know, there there's, I mean, obviously there's a difference in my head, but in like a customer's head, there's no difference between me being like happy and, and assertive. And like, I really want you to do this. And like danger for some people, you know what I'm saying? So, but no, but I, yeah, that's so interesting. It's so interesting Mm -hmm. because you could feel 
at ease and peaceful just from listening to you speak seriously. And, <laughs> and it's like, I don't know. I don't know if you're tall or short or big, you know, like yeah, I just yeah, know yeah. the voice and, and how you're presenting on the camera and it's very right. peaceful and it puts the listener, I'm sure, or at least myself at ease. Like, Oh, this person is just here to, to get the best information and let's get to it. Yeah, so man. I, if you listen to any of my episodes and, and figure out how I could become more like that, <laughs> or if you think I need to be, let me know, man. Cause seriously, it's a, it's a massive skill you have. Oh, well, I appreciate that, man. And that means a lot coming from you. I, I really, man, I needed that. Um, but no, I love your podcast. I think that's what makes podcasting so unique. Cause I have a friend here. Um, like I'm calling out of Utah right now and I have a friend who, uh, He's a DJ at one of the local radio stations and been doing that forever. Uh, and he's got his own thing and he's got his podcast and, and we have a little kind of like community of podcasters here in, in Salt Lake. And it's just nice because like, that's what makes everybody, that's what makes me want to listen to your podcast. You know, it's like, that's Danny Miranda's podcast. You know what I mean? And that's, I have my homies Dre and it's like, that's Dre's podcast, you know, uh, because it's just nice, you know, and everybody kind of brings their own unique style. And, and there was that, we actually had an experience. And I'm curious to see if you've like ever had one of these, but we had one experience where there were like five or six of us on a podcast, like, or excuse me, five or six of us who have our own podcast. And there was this author who, who was local in Salt Lake and she wanted to do, she called it like her podcast tour. She just wanted to go on all of them and talk to everybody. And it was so interesting because she went on every single one of them. She did like six or seven podcasts and I listened to all of them and learned something totally different. So everybody's got a different style. You know what I mean? So I love that. I love that. Yeah. That is something it's so funny that you bring that up because a good podcast is authentic to you and who you are. And so if the person is saying the same thing on every podcast, it's a sign that, you know, the, the host potentially is trying to be someone they're not. Or the guest is trying to be someone they're not or try to present the same image of themselves in many different places. Yeah. But the truth is, we are different based on the person we're talking to, even yeah. ever so slightly. And so if you are doing it right, from my perspective, each conversation should be different. And so it's interesting yeah. that you noted that. Yeah. And it's just like, you know, you, you, and, and we all had our different themes, but she was, she was promoting her book and it was like, whew. It was cool, man. It, it was, it was a lot of fun. And I'm curious, like, I mean, obviously you do a lot of research when you go, when you, when you have a guest, um, what makes you choose the guests that you bring on? Um, and, and what are some of the things that you do to prepare? Yeah. So how I choose guests are mainly based on my interests, mainly based mm -hmm. on, but I, I really look for long-term people, meaning mm -hmm. It's going to be very unlikely for me to bring on a guest who isn't showing their name or their face. I think I've done it once. Oh, it's, yeah. It's very rare for me to bring on a guest who is selling something really quickly to try to make a quick buck. And it's obvious to me, or I believe it's obvious that they're trying to make some quick money. Yeah. I, I'm really looking, and I only know that type of person because at one point I was that type of person. But <laughs> okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, I'm really looking for people who are going to be, who in 10 years, it's going to be funny looking back like, oh, wow, that person was on that podcast <laughs> 10 years ago. Like, that's crazy. For example, my friend Dickie Bush is a great example. I've had him on twice. Okay. Dickie, I like, I like, Dickie. I just signed up for 30 for 30, by the way. 
Very nice. Yeah, it's a great program. So Dickie is someone who wants to own the first NBA team in Tampa Bay. And he's got these aspirations and goals that are massive. And I fully support him in that. And he is someone who I believe is going to be a long-term player in the online game and in the life game for a long time. And so he's only 25 or 26, something like that. And when looking at that conversation, when we're 35 or 45, it's going to be so fascinating for us to have a time capsule of where our minds were at that time. Those are the people that I want to bring on. The people who are growing as well, who will grow and continue to grow into something special or magical. So I look for people with my interests who are long-term players. Yeah, I like that. And I don't know if it was you who tweeted this, um, but I feel the same way. Like I, I like to bring on guests who now, like I made a lot of mistakes at the beginning of my podcast. There are a lot of good things, but there are a lot of bad things. Um, but I love it all because now I'm like, dude, I, I want to bring people on where we both can just like bring the best out of us because my podcast is like, is almost like my journal as well. Yeah. You know, and I had, so I had two babies. And it would be really cool to like, I don't know what technology looks like in 50 years or whatever. You know what I mean? But some yeah. way to preserve these things to be like, oh, this is the voice. You know what I mean? And it, and it brings the best out of both of us. And you can learn from these in 50 years, whether you, whether you had uh, like one of like one of Ryan Holiday's books um, is perennial seller. And he talks about how to build a perennial, like, you know, what's the difference between something that lasts 50 years and something that lasts one. So it's exa- almost exactly what you're saying, right? Um, so yeah, I mean, you can look back at these conversations and, and it'd be crazy. Right. But it's also like, wow, I forgot about that. Hey, maybe we should look at that again. You know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe we should, you know, maybe we can spin that different. Yeah. (laughs) It's, it's just so fascinating knowing that this is the first time in history that two people could have a conversation from anywhere in the world (laughs) and be able to record as a diary entry or as a journal or as a, a piece of art. This is the first yeah. time, yeah. like in yeah. the past 10 years, never before yeah. possible for the <laughs> random average person to do this. Yeah. So we are at the forefront of something magical. Yeah, dude. He cut off there. I think we're back. Okay, cool. I think, okay, we're good. I'll make sure we edit that out when we release it. But hey, I, I'm curious. All right, I'm curious. So you're big into NFTs right now. I went way down the rabbit hole on NFTs as well. I made a whole YouTube video when I tried to promote my YouTube. Cause I was just so like, like in my mind, it's not necessarily about like NFTs or Ethereum, but like this idea of smart contracts is unbelievable. But um, I also think that NFTs play a game and play a part with uh, podcasting, Mm. right? Like, I don't know what that looks like right now. You know, but, but the fact that you can do, you can do things like that. What what are some of your things? What are some of your, what are you excited about with NFTs? So much. Where do we begin? Yeah. Yeah. Go, Uh, well, go ahead, man. First thing I'm excited about is VCon. This is Gary, Gary Vaynerchuk's conference that is eligible for the 5,000 people who hold his, his project V friends. They're allowed to go. It's at us bank stadium. The dates just got announced in May of yeah. 2022 and I just booked my tickets. I'm so excited <laughs> for that. This is the first ever conference that you could go to, but the only way you could go to it is if you have an NFT an of NFT. that project. Yeah. Crazy. 
Another yeah. thing I'm excited about is the restaurant, right? Gary Vaynerchuk's got a yeah. restaurant where it's coming out where you could probably only go to it if you have an NFT reservation or token. I don't know exactly how it will work. The details yeah. haven't been ironed out yet, but so yeah. cool from that perspective. And then also, I, I just think about the idea of communities being created today that are turning into businesses. So before in the previous world that we lived in, you needed to create a business at the top and then you would say, all right, we're going to sell this product or we're going to sell that product or we're going to go do this. But now it's different. The communities are being created at the base level and people are buying into these communities, which are then able to have status in the world. And then they can partner with different companies and brands. It is the craziest thing. When you look at Board API Club worth currently $1.6 billion in a hundred something days it launched ago. A hundred something days, $1.6 billion. How did that occur? They built a community from the ground up that is now getting partnered with Arizona Ice Tea, And it's crazy. So how, like that part fascinates me that no one at the top said, we're going to partner with Arizona Ice Tea. We're going to build this or that. They just built a community from the bottom up. And all these crazy things have happened. And right. I look at that and, and I'm like doing the podcast. I'm like building the community from the bottom up. And that's like going to lead to things that I can't predict in this moment. So oh, yeah. Those are some absolutely. thoughts on NFTs. Well, you're absolutely right. Because it's crazy because there's a guy here in Salt Lake. I'm trying to get him on my podcast. He He's right down there on State Street. I need him to come on. But his uh, he's the his Chris Lee. And he's the one of the co-founders of Artifacts. Um, they did the NFT sneakers. Very I don't know nice. if you're familiar with that project, but like they built these insane sneakers. Uh, and if you bought the NFT, you got the actual shoe. Wow. Like, so they partnered with these people and they were selling sneakers for, you know, $30,000, $50,000. Wow. That is crazy. Yeah. And that's a, the thing. It's unbelievable. When it, when it starts getting, I think people see it just as a digital asset today. <laughs> But yeah. when it gets combined into the digital to the real world, it's it's going to be a crazy thing and a crazy. And I think every company, the same way every company today is a social media company, yeah. the same way every company today is on a website. Every company, if they want to be a real player in 2025 <laughs> or 2030, will have some sort of NFT component to their play, to their idea, to their ecosystem, because there's just a yeah. massive opportunity there. Yeah, well, it's it's big right now for musicians. I mean, the you know, uh, what I dude was it Tory Lanes? Yeah, Tory Lanes sold. I can't even remember the number, but it was like a million bucks in an hour or something like that with his NFT. One million, dude, and it, over one million NFTs for one dollar each, right? Yeah, it was something ridiculous, and I'm like, dude, and it, but you, but you know what the beautiful thing about that is is like is there's no middleman. All of that is Tory Lanez. All of it. And he gets yes. it every time it sells, he gets it. Exactly. That's oh the such a key point. The the resell of the artist. The when I sell a painting, how come the artist doesn't get credit for it or get money for that painting? Because there was no way to track that system. Now we right. can have that occur. And that is <laughs> such a beautiful thing, giving power back to the creator, to the artist, to the musician, to everyone who create something they're going to be able to get a royalty for it and that's amazing yeah dude it's it's incredible and you've had a few people on excuse me talking about the talking about nfts uh 
um, feels like so many people are, are getting involved who wouldn't, who I didn't think would have normally been involved like that. Like, you him. know what I mean? Like, okay. So for example, like the big one, I was like, Tom Bilyeu. Now it doesn't surprise me today, but like three or four months ago or six months ago when I was, when I was following him, he starts popping up like, Hey, any dev players in there? And I'm like, Whoa, dude, this guy's, uh, this guy's in it, man. But I mean, good. I mean, dude, if you got it, go, man. Cause that, that's a quick, I mean, that's a great way, but, but here's the cool thing about NFTs. And I think this goes back to one of the points you were talking about earlier um, of, of like no quick wins. Cause there's no, if you, if you try to win quick in NFTs, you're, you get screwed. I mean, they'll smell, they'll smell the bullshit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's, it's long-term. And I think that short-term people are actually winning, but I think that that's going to get wiped out in the next 12 months. It's like, I think we're in a bit of a cycle right now where you can do short-term gains and you're seeing a lot of people playing short-term in terms of trying to do scams and all these things, but it'll all get wiped out over the next whatever it is, year, five years. I don't know what, how these cycles are going to work, but it is, yeah. it is going to be really interesting to see how the people who are playing for 2049, like Gary Vaynerchuk and Tom Bilyeu, actually attack this. Yeah. And you know what? I, you know what I want to see? Because I actually got interested in NFTs and like DeFi, um, like, like specifically DeFi, because I like the fact that you can use these smart contracts for... I'm thinking like, like real life applications. So like titles on homes, um, Mm -hmm. I think like this will never happen because of this, the systems that be, but like, could you imagine like, like um, decentralized voting, like Mm. blockchain voting, like no one, there's no way to fake that. You know what I'm saying? It could happen. And you're you're talking about, yeah. And you're talking about a seed phrase that is, I mean, virtually like impossible. Like there's absolutely no way you could hack that. Right. Everybody's got a seed phrase. Everybody's got a vote. You can vote right from your phone. Everybody's like, why would you do that? I'm like, because you have a seed phrase. Like, don't tell me you can't vote from your phone. I can buy a $2 million beach house. And you know what I mean? In California on my phone, homie, what are you talking about? (laughs) Yeah. It's gonna, (laughs) it's gonna revolutionize society. And it's really interesting because it's a whole new world. And the applications for it, I believe, are are only limited by our imagination, and we can't possibly predict them today. The same way we yeah. couldn't predict in 1996 that you just be able to press a few buttons on on your computer or phone to get a a taxi to your house and take you to someplace new. Same thing's gonna happen right. with NFTs right. and, and Web three. It's like the applications are impossible to predict because they have to be built on top of each other. And so yeah. I'm excited. Yeah, dude, absolutely. And, uh, and, and it's absolutely, yeah, it's going to be crazy to watch. It's going to be crazy to watch. So let me, let me, let me get back to you though, real quick, dude, in your, in your journey. Like what are, is, are you mainly focusing on a podcast right now? Like what else you got going on? Yeah, we got the podcast is the main focus and, okay, okay. and got some other <laughs> projects in the works that are very soon to be released or announced. I'm very excited yeah, about um, but just the podcast, just spreading the energy, just building it up, just becoming a power player in this space yeah. in the next five years. That's the mission. That's the plan. And 
Yeah. I fully intend to do it. You know, let, let, let me, I got, I have two questions for you. Um, the first one, uh, I just like got brought up. Um, so you said like when you were, when you're picking guests, you try to pick long player games. One of the things you said was you used to be the, the quick guy. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what, Definitely. you know, what made you evolve into what you are now? Like, like what caused you to change your path? Yeah. 75 hard. I noticed it, man. I oh, really? noticed, okay. yeah, I noticed that I could, I, I noticed that in order to create what I wanted to create in that program, I needed to be playing a game way longer than 75 days, but I needed mm-hmm. to be able to put in the work in the moment to do what I needed to do. So mm-hmm. that was the, mm-hmm. the big thing. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah, because I feel like, you know, we all kind of have that evolution and and for me, it's like, dude, I just want to be happy. Like, am I do, am, like right now is what I'm doing, like motivated by just me, just the love of this, you yeah. know what I mean? Cause sometimes I start comparing myself to others and I'm like, ah, I'm not there yet. But then I'm like, well, if I love this, it doesn't really matter. I'm just going to keep doing my thing. You know what I'm saying? Would so, I do this if no one was watching or nobody knew that I was <laughs> doing this? Would I do it? Yeah. Would I do it? Yeah. The answer is yeah, dude. It, Cause if all, if all that happens is I get to meet cool people like Danny Miranda, then I'm good, bro. I don't care. You know what I mean? Yeah. But not just applying that to podcasts, right? Like yeah, applying that yeah. to every, every decision you make in your life right. and thinking about like, would I do this if nobody was watching or nobody had an opinion about it? And when yeah. you really start to get in that zone, you can't lose because you're doing yeah. things for your sake and you're not hearing the noise of the crowd that is saying, do that, do this. No, society tells you shouldn't do it. No, I'm in my zone, baby. I can't yeah. be stopped. I'm doing this for me. So Yeah, dude. Yeah. So so you're playing the long game with podcasting. I'm curious on your thoughts. What do you think like the future of podcasting is? What do you think? What do you think this turns into, man? You I have some Twitter, ideas? <laughs> Twitter spaces is is up there with a great idea that I couldn't have predicted a year ago. So oh. I, so I'm yeah, not super familiar with Twitter spaces. Is that like Clubhouse? Uh, yeah, it's, it's Clubhouse basically okay, inside the okay. Twitter app. Okay. And okay. so it's basically like a radio show. It is different though in the sense that you can't play on 1.5 speed or, you know, and the yeah. conversations are a lot less polished, but it just reminds me of radio. And I don't think it'll replace podcasts by any means, sure, but sure. I think I think that it'll be a, a good supplement so that people can see, oh, I like this radio guy. Like, let me, this Twitter space guy, let me go check out his more long form content. So, yeah, yeah, dude, I think, I think it's going to be great. I think Twitter spaces is only open a few people right now, or is it right? Is it invite only or can anybody go? I think anybody can go. I think you need over 600 followers to host one, but I think you could be in any, anyone. Hey, there you go, dude. All right then, man, that's sick. So, um, so what's the, but what's the future like? Uh, for you, you got your podcast, you got a few other things. I mean, but I mean, ultimately, ultimately, what are you trying to do? What's your ultimate goal? Trying to sell out Madison Square Garden and become one of the biggest podcasts in the world. And Ooh, how are you going to, how, how do you sell out Madison Square Garden as a podcaster? I'm going to get 19,763 people to buy a ticket to the show of me interviewing someone or a long guest, a long list of guests. And they're going to purchase those tickets, sit in those seats, and then we're going to sell it out the same way a musician would, or the same way uh, um, a basketball team would, you know? It's so the same like, thing. Uh, like David Letterman. Yeah. Have you seen, like have David, you seen some of, have you seen some of David Letterman's? No, 
What does he do? Oh, Tell oh dude. Okay. So do you have, I don't know if you have Netflix, but if you have Netflix or you, or you borrow your buddy's password, David Letterman had a show on Netflix where he did that. He would interview people. He interviewed people like Barack Obama, uh, Dave Chappelle. Um, actually Dave Chappelle was one of my favorites, but he interviewed a lot of people. Um, and it was just like that. So that he was on a stage with, with Dave Chappelle, Barack Obama, whoever, and then he sold out tickets and literally it was him on the spot live interviewing somebody else. Amazing. I was like, yeah, I was like, holy crap, dude. And, and I'm watching it on Netflix and I think it's cool, but then, but it's kind of surreal because I'm watching it on Netflix and I'm like, I'm like, holy shit, bro. There's like thousand, 2000 people on the lawn in Ohio buying the, you know what I mean? Watching two guys talk. What's up, everybody? This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Sauced Up Salsa. And Sauced Up Salsa, with so many different flavors to choose from, when you add in their homemade chips, they're perfect for family nights, date nights, and really, anytime you need chips and salsa. The best part, I know the owner personally, and he puts all of his heart and soul into every recipe they put out. Their locally sourced ingredients are fire roasted to perfection every time, making it the best salsa you'll have in your life. So, with the best salsa out there, what are you waiting for? Go visit SaucedUpSalsa.com, and when you sign up for their newsletter, you'll get 10% off your order. So go visit SaucedUpSalsa.com and tell them that the Thinking Project sent you. Yeah. I mean, w- I mean, it's David Letterman and Dave Chappelle. Don't get me wrong, but you know what I'm saying? It's <laughs> no, like- absolutely. Like, it's mind-blowing. And that... <sighs> And, and when you think about music, it's the same thing. It's just a guy speaking into a microphone in a particular way or a girl. And yeah. the same thing with, with um, sports is like they're just moving their body in a particular way, but there's <laughs> 20,000 people watching them move their body in that way. So Okay, that's cool, man. So that's my vision and that's where I want to go. And I've said it before and I'll say it again. It's just like, I'm going to talk until that becomes a reality <laughs> and, and continue to put in the work until it becomes a reality as well. Yeah, dude. Cause that would be, ama- I mean, you're, t- I mean, it's very doable now that when you said that at first, I was like, Oh dude, yeah, I don't know how you do that. But then I was like, <laughs> Oh, you got David Letterman who does it every day. You know, you yeah. got these talk show hosts who do it every day. So I'm like, yeah, why the hell not bro? Go and, get it. And I'm so happy you said that because I think our first inclination when we don't have a model for it in our head yeah. is nah, that's not possible. Or what are you talking about? But yeah. once we do have a model, we can say, Yes, like let's do it. And I'm so happy that you brought up David Letterman because now I have another model in my head for <laughs> I can emulate. But before, what I was looking at was artists and rappers yeah. and musicians and saying, oh, if they yeah. could do that, I could do that too. Yeah. So thank you for bringing a new example, <laughs> my man, to the table. Yeah, I mean, and, uh, and well, and so I have a few, and, I'm, and I'll ask you one last, you know, a couple last questions before I, I let you go because you've been more than generous with your time. But, um, you know, I have a few people that I look up to in the podcast space, not that I listen to, but like, you know what I mean? There's a difference between like when you listen to somebody and then when you study somebody, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And David Letterman is one of the people that I like. I like to study because he gets yeah. in some of these on these, some of these Netflix specials. He, he like digs and it gets a little uncomfortable. And you're like, dude, David Letterman just asked that in front of 3000, 5,000 people. And you know, and this guy's like, Oh, he interviewed uh, one of those ones where he interviewed Jay-Z. And, wow. and he asked Jay-Z a question and you, and Jay-Z was like, nah, I don't want to, you know what I mean? He was kind of like, I don't want, I'm not going to answer that. I'm not going to talk about that. And uh, wow. David, so, and then David asked again and I was like, and you just hear the audience, dude, everybody's like on the edge of their seats. They're like biting their nails. This is uncomfortable. And then, and then it keeps going. But I'm like, 
holy crap, dude, you can do that. You know what I'm saying? That's insane. I got to watch it. I got to watch that. You got me so, you got me so excited to watch it. So yeah, Jay-Z, Barack Obama, David Letterman, he interviews a bunch of other people, but those three were cool because like he talks about stuff that's a little uncomfortable. And as a podcaster, you're like, okay, maybe I can do that. You know, maybe if I learn how he did that, you know, I'm, I'm not David Letterman. So maybe he's getting away with that a little bit because he's David Letterman. But I think a little bit has to do with the questions that he's asking and how he asked them. Uh, that was, it was a great one, dude. It was, it was phenomenal. I'm, I'm <laughs> queuing up the Jay-Z one tonight because I'm so stoked to, to check right it out. On. So who are some of your podcast, you know, who are some of the people that you study? Who are some of the people you listen to? So Tim Ferriss is a big one. He's so, I like it. The way he breaks down questions, how he talks. And I'm just really fascinated by his approach to life in general and also question asking. So I compiled a huge list for that. (laughs) Um, Chris Williamson's another one who I'm just fascinated by his peace and presence. That's Modern Wisdom is the podcast that he runs. And I'm just, I'm, I'm really appreciative as a fan of his show. And I just study him as a interviewer. And then I would say, I don't really study Joe Rogan in the same way, but I'm definitely aware now after doing it for the past year of how he's doing things, why he's doing them, the method to his madness and just like how he's approaching it. And I'm just, it's very hard for me to be in this position and not look at someone and say, how are they doing that? How, and I'm just right. constantly trying to take things and like you, like I'm pulling from you the way you are peaceful and the way you, your mannerisms and how you're able to elicit a calmness within the guest. That's something I want to take for myself, but it's like I'm pulling all these pieces from people and it, it creates something magical. If you can study everyone you meet, everyone you listen yeah. to, and I'm just constantly learning. Oh, dude, I know. I appreciate that. And one of the things I like about your podcast was the research, dude, because that is such a cool feeling. Like I've had one or two of those where you're like, you know, I just interviewed a guy and I I had done a, you know, I had went a a lot more research because I I knew this was, I knew he, he was big and, and I knew that I only had a certain amount of time, but, uh, but yeah, when you ask, I listened to a few of them and, and when you get that, oh, wow. Yeah. I didn't even know that. Um, yeah, dude, that's, it's, it's like, all right, I need to do more research because that's, I don't know. That just feels cool. It's just like, oh, now we're rolling. Like now this is a real, this is going to be a real interview. Just like you said, like at the beginning of Tom Billy's, I was like, this is it, dude. Now he's engaged. Like Tom's engaged now. You know exactly. what I mean? He, he's it, here now. <laughs> it's building that connection with the audience and the guests yeah. as the host when you bring the research. So yeah. such a cool feeling to be able to provide that for both the guests and the, the audience. Oh yeah, absolutely, man. Well, dude, I, I really appreciate your time. I really appreciate you coming on. Um, where, where can everybody find you? Go ahead. Give yourself a plug. Yeah. It's at Hey Danny Miranda on Twitter, on Instagram, on YouTube, just Danny Miranda. And I really appreciate you having me on. Thank you for this great conversation slash interview. I'm not sure which one you'd like to call <laughs> it, but it was, it was great either way. Either way, dude. It was good. Thank you so much, man.